0: Welcome to So It Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and a bad movie and get drunk while we do it. I'm Ashley, and I'm here with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hi.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm good. We're home. We are. We, after a long journey. <laughs> after a long journey, we we went to Mexico for like five days. Well, it ended up being six.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Not, But not for fun reasons.
1: No, it ended up adding an extra day for not a fun reason. And we did not see Ted Cruz. Oh.
0: Yeah, so when we're recording this is right now when the Texas uh, blackouts are occurring because they're having to conserve energy. Yeah, last blackout, he left the country and this one... He, time... went, he went to Cancun.
1: I don't know where he went this time. I know. He did do the thing where he forgot how to say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> no. Yeah, he kind of stumbled on the words of the Pledge of Allegiance. So um,
0: Should we... I don't think you and I have actually gotten a chance to debrief on our last day in Cancun. No, we have not. So let's talk about it. Yep. So we were supposed to fly out of Cancun on that Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Mm-hmm. Our resort transfer, they forced you to like be picked up like three hours before um, your flight. So between getting there and going through security and everything, I think we had over two hours to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, we got there probably like one o'clock. Right. I think.
0: So it all started whenever we were en route to the airport, we were getting notifications from American that our flight was getting delayed, and at this point we're seeing that our flight's getting so delayed that there's no way we're going to make our layover in Charlotte.
1: Yeah, but it's happening incrementally, so it's like at first it was delayed like 30 minutes. Okay, whatever, we have have time. Then it was delayed like an hour, then it was delayed another hour, but they kept like, they never delayed it immediately. It was like, you know, you'd get like 30 minutes before boarding, and then they're like, no, actually it's one more hour.
0: Yeah, and then it, it was also like when you would get like a notification, they would do it like in 10 minute increment delays. Like right. where you're like, oh, well, that's not that bad. It's like 10 minutes late. Right.
1: And then around like four, four or five o'clock, they said that the plane had left. But that yeah. was clearly not true. The plane had not left.
0: Yeah. So at this point, we're like, are we leaving Cancun today? We knew one thing for sure. The one thing we knew was not if we were going to leave Cancun, but it was that we needed to eat.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: So the American counter was just so gracious and gave us a twelve dollar voucher to go eat at a participating restaurant at the Cancun airport.
1: <laughs> well, and that had to cover lunch and dinner. Yeah, because <laughs> we were there for so long. We were
0: there for seven hours. <laughs> yeah, we
1: missed lunch and dinner.
0: Right. And
1: when we got to the, so they that's another part of the story that we'll get to. But uh, the voucher not enough. One, not even enough to buy a meal in
0: yeah in an airport in an airport ever. Like, I've never had a meal below $12 at any airport anywhere.
1: And you had to use that at a participating restaurant. So you couldn't just, like, go buy a bag of chips at the convenience store. Right. Because they didn't accept it.
0: Right. And it was very confusing on, like, what was a participating restaurant. It wasn't like restaurants had signs in front of them that said, hey, we're going to participate in your meal voucher.
1: No. So what we had to end up doing was you had to go to a sit-down restaurant. And the Cancun Airport, if you've been there, has just a few. One is Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Yeah, a classic.
0: It's, yep. When I think of Cancun, I think of Bubba Gump. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> there's also like a chain cantina. I think that's the one that was in the center. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. There's a lot of people there, but I don't know. And then there's one more restaurant, which is the restaurant that we chose. And do you want to say what it was?
0: It's a Guy Fieri's like Flavortown Nation in Cancun or something like that. I
1: think it's called Guy, Fieri, Guy Fieri's Kitchen.
0: Or something like that there has to be flavor kitchen somewhere in there right
1: I'm sure flavors in the word right name turns out he has I looked this up because well we'll discuss this too (laughs) in a minute why I was looking up the website of this guy Fieri restaurant (laughs) Uh, but it turns out this one started in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. so that's where the main location of this one is I think this is the only like the only other chain of that type of restaurant Mm -hmm. what I found though is that when you go to Guy Fieri's website he has started like 50 restaurants yeah. So like chain type restaurants, mm-hmm. not like single, you know, purpose right. restaurants or whatever. And they are like, they have all sorts of names. So it's really confusing because it's not just like Guy Fieri's, blah, blah, blah.
0: And I imagine they all serve the same thing.
1: It was very similar. Right.
0: Like, I I can't imagine he's like, oh, here's like my fine dining flavor town. And here's like my Italian flavor town.
1: No, it seemed like the differences in the restaurants were that some only served certain things like hot dogs. So it would be it would be like guys trash dog stand. (laughs) Right. I think that was actually the name of like, I'll look it up later. But (laughs) those are the types of names that were on this thing.
0: Yeah. So we decide that we're going to this looks like the most legitimate place that we could eat and maybe be able to spend our. $12. $12. We don't know yet. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really, we're taking a risk about to sit down at a Guy Fieri flavor kitchen it, without knowing if we're actually going to get any of this meal comped. Right. Um, why don't you just ask them, you ask? Because we're nervous people. We don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we did ask eventually.
0: <laughs> so, Sean gets a burger. Yep. I I wasn't starving, but, like, I saw something that caught my eye. Sean, what's, like, my most favorite thing in the world to eat? Hot wings. Hot wings. I love hot wings. So whenever you see anything with like hot wings on a menu, it's really hard for me not to order them. So anyways, but I saw like it was like Vegas fries and it was like the huge like curly fries with like uh, his buffalo is like garlic buffalo sauce. And blue cheese crumbles. Like, it was just speaking my language. And I was like, I can get this and I can share it with Sean. This will be perfect.
1: Right. I can't even remember what was on the burger. The burger had like a onion ring, like a big mm-hmm. onion ring on top or something. And then a whole bunch of things, uh, tons of different types mm-hmm. of cheeses and, and whatever. I will say, though, that burger, more than $12. Of course. It was it was more than $12. Pretty all sure it was like prices, 17 <laughs> Yeah. All the prices were in pesos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but converting it, it was about $20, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right
1: without sides i, I don't yeah. think it came with sides yeah,
0: so i order these fries they're they come out they're ex- exactly what i expect from guy fieri also
1: serves a family of like 10.
0: exactly and that's what i mean when i say exactly what i expect from guy fieri <laughs> right i mean they were i mean it was a lot of food they really no Americanized their serving portions down there at the cancun airport for this restaurant 100 so anyways but i mean i mean it looked good or whatever and because I love my hot wing sauce, I was like, hey, can I get an extra side of that sauce? Like, well, I haven't even tasted it yet, but I just know that I'm going to want more hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Guys, it was the best hot sauce or <laughs> buffalo sauce I've ever had in my entire life. Like, yeah. I had like a religious experience.
1: Yeah. And so as a, as a third party watching this happen... Seeing Ashley eye this sauce and be like, "Ugh, Guy Fieri," yeah. and like, you know, like uh, th- in her mind, this was like going to uh, TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays, right? Yep. Where Guy Fieri also curated. They just
0: call it Fridays now. Yeah, or well, whatever.
1: Whatever. he used to curate the menu <laughs> yeah. at least. So, uh, you know, oh, Guy Fieri, whatever. Yeah. So, watching her face light up as she tastes this sauce, and she's like, "Sean." This is the most delicious sauce I've ever eaten. And Ashley's eaten a lot of sauces. Yes. I will say we live in Memphis, which is like a huge uh, hot wing capital Mm -hmm. of the U.S., right? Uh, One of them. And so we have a ton, like a million hot wing places, all have slightly different sauces. Ashley's a big critic on sauces. There are some that she doesn't like, some that she loves. I buy her hot sauce. Mm -hmm. when i go out of town and i and i see a new one that that she might like
0: pre-renovation i had a hot sauce wall in our our kitchen of all my different sauces
1: right and so this is not somebody who's comparing to like frank's right or red hot right right this isn't like you're not just comparing which is what
0: i was fully expecting to to kroger hot sauces right
1: right? so to see this happen i'm like oh come on this isn't true right and so i go (laughs) and like i grab one of the things and i take a bite and it is so fucking delicious. <laughs> it is so good.
0: I don't know why it was so good.
1: I immediately looked up the website to see if they sold the sauce. I know, because
0: I was like, we're going to buy a case of this shit. They,
1: they do not sell the sauce. So you have <sighs> to make it. And maybe that's why it's good.
0: And we found a recipe for it. Sure. Which, as
1: soon as I have a kitchen again, I'm trying that shit out. But it, uh, it was so good. It blew my mind. The burger was okay. It wasn't great. I wouldn't get that again. But, oh my goodness.
0: I I don't know what to tell you, but if you ever have the opportunity <laughs> to eat some buffalo sauce made at a Guy Fieri restaurant, do it, dude. It is flavor town.
1: <laughs> well, and this is a conversation I've had with a lot of my friends about Guy Fieri. Is that Guy Fieri looks like a douchebag, mm-hmm. right? He he just looks like a guy that you wouldn't like, right? Right. But every single thing I have ever read about him is that he's like, the, the best guy. He's, like, a genuine, nice, caring person. And maybe he's, like, you know, like, I've heard some stories that he, like, asked for a spe- specific type of water when he was, like, at a mm-hmm. uh, Triple D or whatever that show mm-hmm. is called. So, you know, whatever. You know, he's a celebrity. But he does, like, legitimately good things. During the pandemic, he donated a ton of money, uh, of his own money, to help support local restaurants and didn't publicize it. Right. So he wasn't, like kim kardashian or something you know like hey take a video of me so i can send it to a million people showing me feeding like people who need food and giving money to local restaurants he did it completely under the radar he officiated like the largest number of um lgbt weddings because he got certified through one of those like universal life church type things
0: yeah uh he also uh created the best damn buffalo sauce i've ever had
1: (laughs) So those are those are three things. Right. right. And I always wondered like could he be a good cook and or come up with good recipes. And maybe he didn't, but I think he did. And I think that uh it was he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, Flavortown twenty twenty four. Because
0: <laughs> No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not.
1: No. But I mean, imagine that slogan, take us to Flavortown.
0: Oh my God. But here's the I thing. I, I would move to Cancun. I I wouldn't.
1: I would move to Flavortown and here's why because Guy Fieri bridges and I said this before Guy Fieri bridges all subgroups all American subgroups there is not one group that could not accept Guy Fieri
0: I don't know I think I think that the the badness of politics can somehow force a division and I'm not being serious but you right. know what I mean
1: Theor- <laughs> hypothetically, he speaks to everyone <laughs> he, speaks, he speaks to neckbeards right uh, he wears like his bowling anime looking, <laughs> uh, you know, like bowling shirt. He wears his Oakleys on the back of his head. He wears his Oakleys on the back of his head. That's a subgroup. Right. And that's a subgroup that probably heavily voted for Trump. Probably <laughs> The people who wear their Oakleys on the back of their, of their head. But at the same time, he does all these other things. He's from California. He supports the hungry and the poor and he donates to local restaurants. He has it all. And, and that's that's my pitch for Guy Fieri. Give him a chance. Check out uh, <laughs> Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dines.
0: <laughs> Guy's Grocery Games. <laughs> Wherever you watch Food Network. <laughs> well,
1: and I love that that restaurant, the TV, was playing that on a loop. Yeah. All the Guy Fieri shows. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, also, something they were playing on a loop. And I got, a perfect, I got a, the perfect video. And this mm-hmm. c- encapsulates Guy Fieri experience in just one short clip. And it was a video of Ashley... Literally losing her mind at how delicious this sauce was, while Lincoln Park <laughs> blared in the background because this movie, this uh, this movie, this <laughs> restaurant, movie. yeah, this restaurant played on loop early to mid two thousands like alternative rock type music at like eleven. Yeah, <laughs> it was not quiet. It was
0: you had to yell over it. To and talk.
1: maybe that's what they think America's like, and it kind of is. They're not wrong. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Maybe if I get drunk enough tonight, I'll post a video of that video on our Instagram stories. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so uh, that was our experience there. We take these petty, little tiny vouchers. Good. Go. Hey,
0: good news, they took them.
1: They did take them, yeah. Yeah. Went and got our Guy Fieri stuff, and we we're like, certainly now we can leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it was still... Uh, hours I think before we so
0: at that point we're hurrying because it sounded like we actually thought the plane was like boarding was going to start like 15 minutes after we were finishing
1: yeah and that happened to not be the case
0: so we go we go to like where the gate is that they told us to go to like it says it on our boarding pass it says it like on our apple passes on our phones like whatever we go down there and like we get down there and it's supposed to be like boarding in 10 minutes yep there's no one there
1: Yep, no attendance, no, no people. We
0: are the only people. Which then I'm like, did we just miss this damn flight <laughs> that we've been waiting seven hours for? So, uh, across from the gate that we we're supposed to be at was a United gate. And we we're flying American. And there was a woman who was supposed to be on our flight with us. And she was, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, the four of us are the only people who have showed up for this. Like, does somebody know something we don't know? So, this woman goes, and she very kindly asks the gate agent at United, like, how can we find out information? This man goes, I cannot talk to you about American. I work for United. And, like, turns on his (laughs) heel.
1: Yeah. Uh, Everybody that was left at the gate, I think a lot of people were eating, and that's why they weren't at the gate. So the passengers were there, but they were just dispersed across the airport. Though it looked empty when we got there. Uh, The problem, though, is that at that gate, it wasn't a gate, it was yes, just, so that's the it thing, was three yeah. desks in a row that made up three gates, but those gates did not have gates.
0: Yeah. So basically find out that's where they put you where they don't, when they don't know where to put you. Right. <laughs> They're like, we don't know where your light plane is going to go. So you're just going to sit here until we do know.
1: Right. So we eventually walked around, found another American desk. There's no other open things. Cause this is like the last flight of the day now. Cause it was delayed. So, right. Long.
0: So yeah, like I left Sean, I was like, you stay here in case you get an update. I was like, I'm going to go find another American desk with like people at it. I think I walked for 20 minutes before I found a desk and had people at it. So I like finally get up there and I'm like, hey, I'm like showing them like my boarding pass. I'm like, I just want to know where my flight is or like where I'm supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Well, it turns out they don't know either.
0: <laughs> You're so right.
1: So you get up there. This isn't the gate for our flight. Uh, ask them. And Ashley says, yeah, I was told that this is our gate now. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. the woman
0: was like, oh, yeah, your plane's going to be here. It should be here in 20 minutes.
1: Right. And then as I sit there, I'm like, oh, this is weird. They haven't updated this. Are we sure that this Uh is it? And so I decided just on a whim, get up there and ask again. Turns out that is not the gate for our flight. Right. and that nobody in the airport knows what the gate is for our flight.
0: Didn't you say like the woman literally was on the phone of like, what are we supposed to tell people? (laughs) Yeah, she she ended up
1: calling. I don't know who uh, calling someone. And asking them where is this gate at? Where is, it, where is the gate actually going to be? Turns out it was one gate over. They literally close down that station and then walk over and set up a new station at the next gate. So we sit there for a little while, and, and eventually a plane does come.
0: It does come. We're also wondering though at this time, are we leaving Cancun?
1: Yeah, Did, I had no idea.
0: So we started, you know, thinking about what if we're just forced to stay here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I asked the guy that earlier and he said like, well, in that case, we would book you a room. But here's the thing about the Cancun airport. It is not close to any place with rooms. Right. Like it's not close to any resorts or would, and we wouldn't get a resort, mm-hmm. but it's not even close to like just a nice hotel room.
0: I think I think we probably would say it like a budget. inn that's like probably like across the street from the airport. Well, I didn't
1: see anything across the street. A lot of it is like car dealerships mm-hmm. and mechanics. And, I know. Th-
0: I know that there are hotels there. There's not hotels that we would choose to stay at. Wow. Well. But we started thinking we started talking about like what well if we just had to like live here in this airport, like how would we get by? Yeah. And we decided there's always money in a banana stand.
1: There is always money in a banana <laughs> stand. I don't even remember why we discussed that.
0: I I don't I, I think we were at the point of delirious. Like oh, yeah. we were like we were a slap happy at that point. I remember we were just giggling and we were laughing so hard about opening a banana stand that security came up to us to like do like the random like are you supposed to be in this country? <laughs> <That interview. laughs> he was like, oh, okay, yeah. show me your papers.
1: And yes, that's what we were doing there.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, but so when we were talking about that, I thought that you know, that's the easiest thing to do. I think it was because you wanted a banana. Is that not true? Should
0: sure, I hate bananas? No, that you do hate
1: bananas. <laughs> what was it then? I I don't know. Somebody got bananas. <laughs> Maybe I saw a person with a banana. <laughs> Regardless, I was thinking like, what's the easiest way that we could make money here? Opening a banana stand, selling one single thing, one item. And so then I said... I like that
0: this is what you're like, this is the way we could make money.
1: Well, if we had to make enough money to temporarily stay in Cancun, how could we do it? By selling bananas. Mm-hmm. And so I looked up how much, what is the wholesale price of a banana in Mexico? <laughs> and of course, it's in pesos, so I had to convert that. And so I found out the, the wholesale price of a banana in Mexico, I don't remember what it is right now. And then I said, mm-hmm. well, how many of those would we have to sell assuming that there's no overhead, Mm -hmm. that we don't actually, we're going to maybe have to stand outside the airport. We're not going to be in the airport, right? Right.
0: We we definitely, we did not take um, into our calculations, we did not consider like things like, you know, a rental fee or like a permit or like a booth or anything like that.
1: No, of course not. Well, and neither do the people who try to like trick you into thinking they're your taxi.
0: Right, exactly. (laughs) Because what you
1: will find out again at the Cancun Airport (laughs) is that when you go out the gate, you're going to immediately run into like a million shuttles and taxi cab drivers who are not official mm-hmm. and are not registered to be your, your uh, <laughs> transfer. Then right after that is where the actual transfers are. But on that in-between in the no-man's land, they're going to hardcore try to convince you that they may in fact be your, your driver. Exactly. Or they can get you there faster. No wait, mm-hmm. if you pay me a hundred dollars to drive you to right. wherever that you already have, <laughs> never for free. mind you that
0: you've already or like you've already paid your transfer at
1: this point. <laughs> right, but they're not allowed in where the transfers go. So once you step into there, mm-hmm. then they they all kind of stay yeah, in their own space. Exactly. So that's where I would be selling my bananas. Okay. That's also where they sell beer and
0: things like that. Okay. So people are going to be like. I made it to Mexico. So excited. Ooh, let's get a, let's get a Dos Equis. Woohoo. And a oh, banana. and a banana. Like, <laughs> said no one ever. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's why you sell them cheap enough. And here's the thing. The bananas were cheap enough wholesale that I could sell them retail for like less than a dollar.
0: Right. But $1. remember, so we talked about if we wanted to maintain our lifestyle, how many bananas did we have to sell? Oh, a lot. It was like. 66,000, I believe is the number that we came up with a month. Or was it a week? I think it was 66,000. was in a
1: week. Uh, I think it was like four or five thousand a day that we yeah. would have to sell. It was hundreds of thousands of bananas a year. Hundreds of thousands. If you were only selling bananas and right. you were selling them at a dollar per banana and making all that profit with no overhead,
0: so our plane shows up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we didn't have to sell bananas.
0: We did it. I I was a little worried that we were going to be taken away by security because we were slap happy. Um, so the a plane does show up. Yep, is it ours? We
1: can't be sure at this point. No, I was sure. I was sure the minute it landed. <laughs> why? Because when it landed, it landed too far away. Well, so, okay, so obviously it didn't land at the gate, but it landed, you know, taxied up to the gate and accidentally, I, there's no way that this was on purpose, pulled up too far away for the gate. Yeah, like, so, like, so like the bridge the, couldn't connect. The bridge couldn't connect. <laughs> there's no way that was on purpose, right? There's I, I just, no way. I, I
0: don't I don't know why somebody would do that on purpose. So they had to move the plane. Right.
1: And it's not because they went to the wrong gate, because it was on the the other gate was on the other side, right, where there was no door right. on the plane. It was because they accidentally pulled up too far away. <laughs> so now I'm a little worried because this plane, one, it got there like what, like seven hours late, something like that. Uh, now we're too late to get into the United States because you have to go through customs and customs is closed at the airport we're going to. So they're going to reroute us through the only open customs in the eastern United States, which is, which is in Miami, whatever. This is not a good experience. I'm not hopeful that this uh, plane is going to get us to the U.S. and get us safely to where we're going. And then they pull up too far away from the gate. It, Not the last thing that the captain did wrong.
0: Exactly. So we finally, we get to board the plane. I yep. mean, it's a it's a miracle. Yep. Let's wait. Oh, we should also mention at this point, we know now at the, for a fact that if we get on a plane tonight, Charlotte's Customs is going to be closed by the time we yeah, would get there. Said. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, you didn't listen to any of that.
0: I guess I was really thinking <laughs> about the next thing. <laughs> Okay, I'm just gonna yep. spay to the background. I said that. <laughs> I'm, I'm here.
1: Okay, so we get on this plane, <laughs> and it is, you know, supposed to be flying us to Miami now. And then we're gonna, going to immediately get off. They're going to check all of our bags, uh give us our bags. We have to recheck our bags. Then we have to get on the exact same plane, the same plane. They change out the crew, but the the plane was the same plane. uh I overheard that with the the flight attendants talking about it because at first they were hoping. That something could be, like, done where we didn't have to go through that whole process and that we could do customs in a different way, and that wasn't the case. We had to do all the normal steps.
0: Yeah, I can tell you, the people at the Miami airport were not happy to see us arrive at midnight.
1: No. Uh-huh. Uh, so, all this is uh, how we're getting to the U.S. now. And the captain, you know, starts apologizing, of course, because this has <laughs> a, a, been a horrendous experience. And the people who got... there was a, The plane was not empty when they got to us. It right. was dropping off people. So, those right. people were...
0: I think they had to sit in that plane for like the seven hours that it was delayed.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't know what all happened there. Uh, if anything, they were just in their seats in the airport. But. but
0: we will say before the captain starts apologizing, we hear the flight attendants coming down the thing. Or like, not all these people know they're going to Miami now.
1: <laughs> no, because we weren't told, <laughs> uh, but there were no staff left in that mm-hmm. Cancun airport. And right. that's why we, nobody was told. Okay. So the pilot is uh, apologizing. And then I wrote down this quote because I wanted to remember it. And he said as he was apologizing honestly i'm not really sure how this works either <laughs> <laughs> and then he said something like we're going to figure it out together mm-hmm. cuz he didn't know how we were going to get into the united <laughs> right, states right <laughs> and then after that and i and i do hope this was intentional <laughs> right. cuz it was it was not right back to back when he said this he also with the intercom on said hopefully we're going the right direction (laughs)
0: that's literally what he said
1: so i don't know
0: i like i like cackled out loud when he said that
1: (laughs) so can you imagine if we flew to south america or something instead but here's the thing maybe he meant like hopefully we get back on track like we're Mm -hmm. going in the right direction but it was really funny after all of these situations that after seeing
0: this man not be able to pull up to a gate close enough yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> For him to then be like, hopefully I'm flying in the right
0: direction. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we eventually got home. The last point I really want to make that I thought was funny is when we get to the Miami airport, they are hustling us. They are like, you have got to get through customs. It's about to close. You've got to get back through security. Like, everybody's trying to leave. Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, running. Like, it's, like we're being hustled. And I'm right. like ready to go. Like, I had us at the front of the line. I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to run through We're going to do this, and we're going to get our asses back on that plane. Well, I do that, and I get us back to the gate, and they're like, yeah, you're going to get on your plane in an hour and a half from now. Yep. And so it's past midnight at this point, and I'm like, what the hell? Well, in all of my hustling, I became so thirsty. Like, I thought I was going to die. I was so thirsty. Like, I, I was like, I can't wait an hour and a half. And so, like, I go up to the gate, and I'm like, hey— please tell me there's some way I can get water. Because every every restaurant, every store, everything is closed in the airport at this point, right? right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there's a water fountain. And I'm like, I'm not drinking out of a water fountain. I don't have a water bottle. I don't, like." <laughs> but I'm like, I have to have water. I'm going to die. So I just start walking the length of the terminal and I pass a restaurant where they're closed and they have like the gate pulled down. Uh-huh. And it's past midnight at this point, we've talked about this. And... I literally, like, I go up to it and I just see, like, the people, like, counting the dollars at the bar. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's come off really crazy, but I'm so thirsty. could I have a cup of water. <laughs> And they give me a paper cup and they like push it through the grates to me <laughs> so I can have a sip of water. It's ridiculous.
1: Please, uh, can I have a bowl?
0: <laughs> Literally, I was so stupid. <laughs>
1: well, so on my side of that story, I really had to go to the bathroom and Ashley was gone forever.
0: I mean, I walked like, it felt so like, far.
1: It, felt like, it was like 30 minutes in <laughs> the whole time. I was like, Oh, my gosh. Like, I have got to go to the bathroom so bad. And there was no way I could leave all that stuff just, like, left unintended, right? Like, we had, like, our iPads and phones. Your phone was sitting there, so I couldn't text you about it.
0: Yep. I mean, I really, I just, I I needed water, and I I did what I had to do.
1: Yeah. Well, I almost did what I had to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we made it home a full day later than, than we, we expected and but we don't
1: have to run a banana stand
0: we don't have
1: yeah even though i was i sat and did a lot of math on the <laughs> on the banana stand that's
0: how bored we were yeah i was so bored
1: <laughs> i didn't really have much to do but you
0: know okay movie night yep that is why we're here
1: it is why we're here Well, we watch it and it's your week i wish we could eat some of that uh guy uh, <laughs> <laughs> if wing sauce. sauce for for tonight but <laughs> So I have two movies tonight. I announced them last time. The first movie is a Nick Cage movie called The Color Out of Space. Or it might be, I think it's just Color, Color Out of, out of Space. Space. Yeah. So this it's based on a short story by HP Lovecraft called The Color Out of Space, I believe. Mm-hmm. Turns out I found that there's another movie that was made in 2010 based on the same short story, but it was an even less known movie than this one. So this mm-hmm. has Nick Cage. I mean in some other people that sorry. you might recognize. I mean, Nick Cage is a star. I know. I mean, I think he was uh, one of the highest grossing people in one of the decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> he used to be in a ton of huge like blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage did, but anyway, I Where's chose the one this, where
0: he was like a flaming skull on a motor- motorcycle.
1: Uh, Ghost Rider, of course. One of the worst of the <laughs> of those movies. Uh, I think they're actually bringing it back. I don't, he's not going to be playing, <laughs> but they are bringing Ghost Ghost Rider back. So. Nick Cage, though, is always a good choice when you choose a movie with him, because if it's a good movie and it turns out bad, it's still good because Nick Cage is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. If it's a bad movie and you want it to be enjoyably bad, Nick Cage is ridiculous. Right. So it's always going to work out. That's a good way to go when you're trying to choose a movie that you haven't yet seen, Mm -hmm. but you think should be, could be good or could be bad.
0: Especially if you want to drink to it.
1: Right. So this movie, if you were just judging on the poster art... (laughs) It looks ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a 1950s sci-fi poster, mm-hmm. kind of. And maybe it's a, that's the theme they're going for. I don't know. But I, if I can pull up real quick, I have the synopsis. Okay, and this came out during the pandemic. Uh, it had pretty good reviews, so I'm hopeful, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. It says, a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. Interesting. That's all it says.
0: I want to ask a really dumb question. Yep. Do do meteorites like hit Earth in real life? <laughs> <laughs> like, do they?
1: Yes, all the time.
0: <laughs> but like, but I mean like uh in a way like this, like where it's like, oh, like it like cut through the atmosphere and touched down somewhere and destroyed some places.
1: Uh okay, so if you mean like this. No, it supernaturally does not come down and then do something magical to the <laughs> no, cage. That's not what I mean, <laughs> but if you mean in general, d- do rocks hit the earth? Uh, yes, they do. Huh. Haven't you heard about the dinosaurs? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to say I'm not that stupid. I'm
1: not <laughs> and you didn't watch uh,
0: Armageddon? Well. I- yeah, Armageddon, yeah, but I what I'm trying to ask is that, like, I, of course I know rocks hit the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not stupid. I mean, like, do large enough ones hit the Earth in the past hundred years that cause, like, damage on Earth?
1: No, not in the last hundred years, I don't think.
0: Okay, that was my question. But
1: this is also a meteorite, not a meteor. So meteorite is just a small piece, right, that breaks off. And right. most of them burn up in the atmosphere, so that's why.
0: Right, so they're
1: like perpetually hitting our atmosphere. What's but they all the burn difference
0: up. between a meteor and an asteroid?
1: Um, I need to. I can't remember. So I want to say the composition.
0: Looking up now. If
1: I remember right, I think it's the composition. I think one is. I don't know. Check it. I am. So I know one. Of, one part of the terminology has to do with whether it's in space or in the atmosphere. And the other part of the terminology has to do with if it's uh, with the composition of what it's made up of.
0: Okay. An asteroid is a large rocky body in space in orbit around the sun. Meteoroid is a much smaller rots or particle that orbit around the sun. If a small asteroid or a large enough meteoroid, meteor, me, it's, meteoroid. What, what, yeah. But well, now I'm confused. Meteoroid is a smaller rots or particle in orbit around the sun. Meteorite is if a small asteroid or a large meteoroid meteoroid come into the atmosphere, right? survives its fiery pa- passage through the Earth's atmosphere and lands on Earth's surface, it is then called a meteorite. Okay, there we go. Okay. So I was kind of right. Well, I, I've i never, I can't say that many E's and O's together.
1: Yeah. Well, so there you go. There's your uh, science lesson of the day. Okay. I knew it had something to do with mm-hmm. that. Because I know that, um, isn't it like, Meteors trail. No, that's those are comets. Comet is the other one that I was thinking of because comets have tails, right? Um, but those
0: are like burning stars, right? Hmm? Well, I guess all stars are burning.
1: <laughs> oh my god, okay, we're done talking about this. You're saying all sorts of crazy stuff. I
0: haven't even started drinking, <laughs> I'm tired. I
1: like burning stars, you mean shooting stars?
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I think shooting, st- I think shooting stars are when things burn up in the atmosphere,
0: right? Okay. I am. I would like to.
1: Yeah, we're done with this conversation. I would like for
0: people to still respect me as a human being at yeah. some point.
1: I mean, I know a lot about some science things, but that's not my, that's not my area. That's not my that's discipline. Not,
0: that's not what you have your PhD in.
1: No, I, I mean, I know about it just through like what I like watching on TV and right. read, reading books about.
0: All right. Well, I have to say that I'm pretty surprised that our favorite drinking site, Drink Win, um, has uh, rules for us.
1: Well, I didn't even mention the bad movie.
0: Oh, I just got really excited <laughs> about watching a meteorite.
1: Well, just to quickly <laughs> throw of in there, real quick, uh, the second movie is Underwater with Kristen mm-hmm. Stewart, and it's about a team of people who are at a research lab underwater. That's enough for now. We'll we'll get into it after the after the break. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> Drinking rolls because apparently I really want to drink right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I will say these rules have me a little worried about this movie, but. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So we're supposed to drink anytime someone says the word color or alpacas.
1: Alpacas.
0: You drink anytime you see an alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> you drink when and when anyone else drinks, and when you see a bright flash of color. Well, there you go. And this is the quote. Yeah. We know nothing about this movie. Uh-huh. We should probably do a shot in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> a burning star in the dark. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay the quote from the movie is a dream dreamed alone is just a dream a dream dreamed together is reality sean <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did you choose
1: <laughs> nick cage i want to say i want to say that this is like over 80 percent on rotten
0: <laughs> let's look at the Rotten score yeah look at it go. real quick
1: on imdb <laughs> it was like a 6.2 or something like that but imdb always has way lower ratings than rotten because it's user ratings, right? Or, right? Whereas uh critic ratings are rotten on the consen- uh, consensus score.
0: Rotten's eighty six. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's really high for a rotten yeah, movie, right. especially this type of like sci fi weird movie.
0: So is there, was it was initially released in Russia? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is going well. <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> well, maybe they mean like. A different movie
0: of no, it was released no, in no, Russia? No, no, no. Like, it, its first release date was in Russia.
1: Maybe that's because Russia hadn't yet closed down movie theaters.
0: We hadn't closed down movie theaters in February.
1: Oh, you're right. This <laughs> came out in February 29th. <laughs> or 2020. 2020. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it is what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm I'm excited to watch this. Are we going to do a shot in the dark for this? Uh, We can. Well, now that I know about alpacas, that's off the table.
1: Yeah, you can't get alpacas. <laughs> You know what? We should base it just off of Nick Cage.
0: I, I have exactly what I want my Nick Cage role to be. Yeah, And it's probably the same one that you want it to be. Sure. If he punches anyone in the face.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Okay. <All laughs> right. <the> so
1: <laughs> if Nick Cage punches someone in the face, and I will say right before we leave, something about Nick Cage. Nick Cage has really made a comeback recently. So we'll see if this is his comeback. Because, <laughs> and not, not saying that they're all good movies, just that he's come back into, <laughs> into making movies. But he has come back into making movies specifically in horror. Um, he made a vampire movie recently. I don't know if it has good reviews. It didn't look particularly good, but... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just
0: remembering that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he came back in a vampire movie. I can't remember the name of that. Uh, and then our friends in us one that he's going to be in called Pig. Oh. <laughs> and the premise is that Nick Cage has to find his kidnapped truffle pig. <laughs> like, I guess in like a Taken style movie. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, i can't remember there's it's also trying too hard
0: to be john wick
1: yeah, well or john Wick. yeah uh or so And john wick is kind of based off of uh Ong bak mm-hmm. the like muay thai movie where his like buddha head is stolen off his statue and he has to go on this journey to get it back cool yeah <laughs> Okay,
0: well, I'm going to go watch
1: this movie. All right, so if Nick Cage punches someone in the face, <laughs> yeah, that's a running rule. We might take a shot to that. In any movie, we see Nick Cage punch someone in the face, because he does it way more than you think he will. He really does. And again, we've talked about this before. Punching people in the face is just a sign of a bad movie in general. If it happens just out of nowhere or in a funny way, that's always a sign. Uh, Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks and get over it.
0: Okay, we're not talking about get over it again
1: (laughs) every every single episode i'm going to talk about get over it okay all right well we'll be back
0: what did we just watch
1: it was i want to say that it was a masterpiece
0: okay that's going way too far
1: (laughs) no i mean a masterpiece in comedy (laughs) it really was Every every time that I watch Nicolas Cage act, I'm like, should I be wowed by what he's doing? <laughs> or is it just like in an insane person? Because like we talked about in some of the previous episodes, Nicolas Cage does this on purpose. It, he does not act like this because he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He does it because he does know what he's doing, which I don't know if that makes it good or not.
0: But it makes it really enjoyable to watch. I will agree with that. I said, like, as we finished the movie, I said, I think I want to watch exclusively Nicolas Cage movies from now on.
1: (laughs) Every single one that we've watched so far has been so good for a movie night.
0: It's like the perfect type of movie night movie because this is not like, this is not like going to see, like, I don't know, like Black Panther or something and like being like, oh, yeah, it was so cool. Like, you should go see it. That's not what you tell your friends. You tell your friends, like, man, if you want to get fucked up watching a movie... (laughs) do it to color out of space with nick cage
1: yeah like psychologically fucked up and (laughs) in in every other way it's honestly i don't know how to describe it and i can't tell you if it was a good or bad movie it's like it's
0: it was a bad movie
1: it was a bad movie unless you like so here's the problem i don't know how to tell if it was an unintentionally bad movie or a intentionally bad movie because there are some movies especially directed by people and and starring actors if people really loved, like, hokey 1950s sci-fi, like, and then they, you know, pay homage to that by making a movie like that, then, like, there are, there are directors like that, right? That, like, when you think about, like, the robot man, like, walking, like, rigid. Right, that's, and... that's,
0: not, that's not why this movie's a bad movie. A key pot, plot point that's not even a plot point is talking about the damn alpacas. Yeah. Like, that that is just a bad movie.
1: <laughs> I still really enjoyed it.
0: I really enjoyed watching it and like, you know, like that liberal arts kid in me was like really trying to come out and be like, what's all the symbolism for? Like the cancer and like the rebirth and like, you know, like I'm like all this like stuff. But like at the end of the day, I was like, this is not intelligent enough for me to even try to try to figure out what they're trying to do. (laughs) I I think it might be. I think it might be. And
1: okay, so to give away one key thing and you should really watch this and and I'll try to you should watch it. So I give away a lot of spoilers. We basically told the whole plot of
0: Midnight <laughs> Sun.
1: But I don't know if anybody's actually going to go watch Midnight Sun. And and you need to know the ridiculousness that happens in it. With this movie, you need to see with your own eyeballs what happened in this movie. So I don't want to give away many spoilers. But there is one thing where this meteorite lands. And that's in the synopsis, right? So the meteorite lands. People start acting weird. And weird things start happening. hmm one thing that starts happening is that Nick Cage starts acting crazy, which everybody knew that was going to happen, right? It's a right. Nick Cage movie. Okay, so he's acting crazy. And out of nowhere, Nicholas Cage starts talking in a very specific voice.
0: Very specific.
1: And we immediately were like, is he trying to sound like Donald Trump? Yep. The answer and is yes. The answer is yes. So we looked it up. Yeah. And he was intentionally trying to sound like Donald Trump. In part of this movie. And we only read the titles. We didn't have t- a chance to, like, read the articles. But the
0: titles said, like... Uh, one of them was what, like... It's like, a, it's like a pointed Trump critique. This is like the Trump sci-fi tale that we've all needed. What, what does uh, that even mean? Trump I sci-fi tale? And, I, and I, I mean, I love searching for symbolism and trying to figure out things. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why... Well, I don't understand the point that was being made of sounding like Donald Trump, who, like... It's clear, like, who he was channeling is what he called his, like, a verbally abusive father.
1: Yeah, so, maybe they're just tying it to, like, he was making the critique that, like, if he had this, like, crazy, terrible dad that he would sound like Trump. I don't know. But, I mean, that's not a critique necessarily. That's just, like, I don't know. So, that was out of nowhere. Just out of, I, I had no expectation that that was something that was going to happen. A lot of the things that happen in this movie, I have no expectation that they're going to happen. Yeah,
0: so let's kind of set this up a little bit, because um, I don't imagine many people have seen this or heard about it. So, we're starting out, and it's Nicolas Cage is married to his wife and his three children. Two of them are, like, older teenagers, and one's, like, a like an eight-year-old. Right. Um, they live kind of out in the middle of nowhere, like, on some fam- family property, um, I think he
1: inherited it from his dad, right? Yeah, which they never really go into his dad. His dad plays a key point because like they keep talking about him, but he's dead, mm-hmm. and it's like about how bad he was. But mm-hmm. they they only allude to it. They don't they don't don't go into details, right?
0: So they live on this land. Um, the daughter is really into Wicca type stuff and mm-hmm. like the occult. Um, while she's practicing something, you learn that, you know, like, she's basically trying to do a ritual to cure her mother of cancer, which, so we find out that she has breast cancer. Yep. And while she's doing that, a third party <laughs> comes in, played by Elliot King, and he is a, what is he? Uh,
1: he is a hydrologist. <laughs> so he's there just to check their water table. Cause they're looking for a new place. Uh, I guess they're trying to set up a new reservoir. Is that, is, yeah. is that the point? Yeah, like
0: it was, like, it was going to be like the aquifer to supply
1: uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. so anyway, he was there to set up a new reservoir, but that's all he's there for this man who's a hydrologist. He's just an expert on water and he gets asked every question in the book. Yeah, they act like this man is like the expert on everything because like yeah. throughout the whole thing, the whole like everybody in the town is like, hey, you're a hydrologist. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Look at this really insane, crazy thing that's happening. Right. Tell me what you think about it.
0: So anyway, so there's one night. There is something that comes out of the sky, as we learn, a meteorite, because uh-huh. it makes contact yep. with things on Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I bet you never saw it coming, but it was very colorful.
1: It was. There's a color out of space. Uh,
0: <laughs> and then you just kind of go haywire from there, and the kind of the... The chief way that we know that something's wrong is that our hydrologist. 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 I keep on to call him hydrolysis, which I think is like drilling.
1: I don't know. Like hydraulics. No. <laughs> <Yeah. I don't.
0: laughs>
1: Science is not Ashley's uh, uh, yeah. expertise. Yeah,
0: anyways. He's figured out that there's something off with the water.
1: He came in like a burning star.
0: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh <laughs> I hate you um, yeah and so things just kind of go from there people are kind of losing their minds you're seeing you know things just kind of go out of whack and it's all in hot pink color it is
1: yeah. when well, in, in the hot pink is very 80s-esque Yeah. Uh, And it's clear that that was intentional. The whole thing is very 80s-ish looking. A lot of crazy things, I can't even describe it. It would give it away if you do want to see it. And it's too wacky. So all I will say is the feel of the movie. The way I was watching this movie, a lot of other movies started coming to mind that had similar elements, right? So I wrote down some of them. And this is what I wrote down in order. Okay. Okay, of how I uh, thought of them. Okay. Okay, so now, uh, of course, think about this as a movie that gets crazier as it goes on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also better as it goes on. I think the middle and end was better and uh, more entertaining than the beginning. hmm But, so the first thing I wrote down was Goosebumps. Okay. Because it reminded me a lot... Mm-hmm. Of like a Goosebumps story or a, um, even more so, the Goosebumps show that mm-hmm. was on TV.
0: Yeah, I remember. So
1: the way that Goosebumps the TV show in the 90s would have made a horror movie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it reminded me a lot of that. Right. And the color scheme and everything else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I wrote down M. Night Shyamalan. Because <laughs> there's a lot of yes. this movie that feels like The Happening.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Or another one of those M. Night Shyamalan type movies. hmm or old, <laughs> like we talked about. We haven't about. seen
0: it, but we feel confident. Yeah. <laughs> similar.
1: Then the third one, and honestly, this is like growing increasingly serious. Mm-hmm. So listen to it, because I want Goosebumps, and that Shyamalan. The third one was Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Another movie that is like a sensory experience. It's mm-hmm. it's much more sensory than it is like rational, mm-hmm. right? And I think that was intentional in both of those movies. Mm-hmm. Mother, the much more art- artistic of the two, right? That's a Darren Aronofsky movie, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh This was not. And, <laughs> you know. But, so, we went from Goosebumps to M. Night Shyamalan to Mother. And then the uh, the big one that I got by the end was Annihilation.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Because I read the book series and then I think we both watched, yeah, the we watched Natalie Portman. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac was in it?
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's her husband.
1: Oh, well, Okay. I, I forgot all about that, but he's gone. He's not in the most of the movie, right? Because she's looking for him. That's why she goes into the zone, the zone.
0: Yeah. Until like the climax of the movie, which I think he fell asleep for. So maybe that's why you don't remember he was in there.
1: Well, but I read the books. Right. Um, anyway, so very similar in feel in that one. I think it's like the shimmer or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is like a color mm-hmm. would not be surprised at all. If the whole is a trilogy, it's a book trilogy. But they only made one movie. I would not be surprised if the Annihilation Trilogy was based off of H.P. Mm-hmm. Lovecraft mm-hmm. short stories. Right. Including this one. Right. So that's the order I went it, of increasing seriousness. <laughs> Goosebumps on. And it's not wacky. I mean, it's like trippy. The whole thing is very trippy. It
0: it, feel, it feels wacky when Nicolas Cage is on the screen. Whether things have gone haywire or not, it feels a little wacky.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well it's It's hard to describe this movie. Honestly. my my
0: favorite wackiness is before the meteorite, you know, there's a there's a whole conver- really awkward conversation between Nicholas Cage and his wife played by Jolie Richardson, where, you know, we found out obviously that she has breast cancer and um and they haven't had um sex in six months since mm-hmm. um she had her surgery. and There's this, like, awkward scene where it's just, like, it looked like high schoolers, like, trying to hook up for the first time. Where, like, they're sitting on the side of the bed and acting really awkward and whatever. And they try to do their thing. And then this meteorite hits.
1: Well, and you missed the most important part, which was before going up to the bedroom, they have this (laughs) conversation where he's trying to, like, seduce her, kind of. And she was like, I'm sorry. It's just, like, I feel so weird now. Like, like I'm, like, I'm not whole, right? Because, like, she had her breasts removed and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, feels self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, don't worry. I was always a leg guy. <laughs> Which, whatever. And then she was like, yeah, well, what if they had to cut my legs off? And he was like, well, I guess I could pack you up in my suitcase.
0: He was <laughs> like my carry-on or something. As my carry-on
1: and take you around with me. <laughs> it's real weird. The dialogue from Nick Cage in this movie is classic and insane
0: exactly so this all culminates and the news comes out after the meteorite is hit and is asking like what were you doing at the time of the thing And he's like well uh oh i guess this wasn't the news this when the sheriff came out um and he's like well me and my wife are you know doing it since the first time she had her surgery it's like how no. is that, like, at all important to the story?
1: Well, so I, re- I wrote down a little bit of this so we remember exactly what happened. And the police asked him, what happened here? And he said, well, my wife and I were in bed. And then he has, like, a pause. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, it was the first time in a while that we, you know. <laughs> and then he doesn't stop talking. He keeps adding <laughs> more details to the story. And it keeps going on and on. Nick Cage, the highlight of this whole movie, frankly. He really is. So many scenes. Throughout this movie, the dialogue from Nick Cage is great. The acting from Nick Cage is great.
0: Especially when he randomly goes into his Trump impersonation for no reason. Yeah. We also, we had to have a debate about our shot in the dark. Yep. So, our shot in the dark for this was if Nick Cage punched anybody in the face. Yep. There were punches thrown. There were. Were there faces at the end of those punches? Not exactly. Almost. Almost. But the first scene of punching where I was like, this is it. We can do this. We can take our shot now. Uh, he is beating the... He's sitting inside his car in the driver's seat, is very frustrated, and he does, like, that thing, like, I think we've all maybe had that moment of frustration where you, like, grip onto the handles and, like, shake and, like, ah, like, I'm just, like, so frustrated with everything going on right now.
1: Yeah, but he takes it one step further.
0: He takes it 80 steps further. (laughs) (laughs) And is, like, literally, like, just, like, pretend, like, the roof of the car above him is... Like, a punching bag. And he's just going on it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but there is... We ultimately decided we could do the shot in the dark. Because there was a scene towards the end where it isn't a real punch to the face. But it is the... Uh, it's
1: kind of a shove.
0: It's a shove and a face gets hit. But not necessarily know. by a fist. But I think if you combined the car getting abused versus this man's yeah. face getting abused, not necessarily by a fist. I think it's enough. Yeah, I think it works.
1: But the the scene in the car was... Classic Nick Cage that, that I'm pretty sure I've seen him do similar things in other movies. Yeah. I don't know. Would I recommend this movie? 100%. Right. Uh, I mean, now, do you want to sit down and watch a great horror movie? Maybe don't make this your one, right? Mm-hmm. It's still a horror movie. There. So, like, the thing about this is that it's not a jump scare type horror right. movie, it's, right? It's so, like a
0: sci-fi horror
1: yeah it's sci-fi horror and it's so it's, since it's based on lovecraft lovecraft is not about jump scares either right, right? so like lovecraftian horror is more about like cosmic horror right like mm-hmm. horror that is created because something is so vast and big right like that you you like it's uh things that you can't escape like horror from that type of scenario right right so like that you know people in today's age they don't necessarily find that as scary but it uh, It's that type of horror. So if if you want to watch that, but even more importantly, if you want to watch a movie you can drink to and laugh at and enjoy, and it is kind of a good horror movie, then yeah, definitely watch it.
0: I think so. And I think our mo- our drinking rules really hit here.
1: 100%, especially alpacas.
0: Alpacas are so great.
1: No idea that there were alpacas in this movie.
0: We don't know why there are alpacas at all.
1: But they play a role throughout the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's not great no. but it's also great
1: well in colors colors yeah. happen yeah all the time but
0: they never one of the rules was that they say color and they don't really say color except for no. like a couple times they say color like a couple times yeah not nearly as much as they say alpaca
1: yeah that's true
0: okay how are you rating this
1: so i thought about it while we were watching it and i think i'm going to give it a 65
0: oh i feel like that's higher than i thought you'd go
1: no because here's the thing i don't know how to judge it i don't know how to judge it it's kind of like wicker man Like a sci-fi Wicker Man. I don't know. There are scenes of it that are like legitimately intense. Mm -hmm. There are some cool visual effects. The storyline is... I mean, it's all interesting. It's not necessarily well done, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting. I enjoyed watching this more than Annihilation, frankly.
0: I mean, we laughed hysterically through it. It was a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's all you need. And, And it is like... It's not like... Like a 1980s cheesy horror movie that you're like, mm-hmm. ha ha Like there are moments that might scare you. Like mm-hmm. probably not. But, you know, it's. Did
0: I leave the movie understanding what had happened? Not really.
1: You're not supposed to.
0: Okay. <laughs> if you say so.
1: No, I mean, you're not supposed to. And that's the premise of all Lovecraft type yeah. horror is that you don't understand what happened. I guess. That's I part know of it. I if I like that. Yeah, that's just how it's told. Like that in that genre. Okay, so your rating, Ashley, what did you
0: give it? I think I'm giving it a 52, which is high for me, I think. Yeah. I think if I'm just talking about, like, the quality of if you want to watch a sci-fi horror movie, I think I'm probably in the 30s. But Nick Cage is just... He's magnificent. He really is. He's everything I want to watch on a movie night.
1: And this is a movie that on Rotten had 86.
0: I I don't understand that at all.
1: Well, and here's the thing. What I... That's what I was trying to bring up a little bit at the beginning is that I think that there are viewers and critics who, like, if you seriously pay homage to an era of movie, even if that era was really cheesy, they, like, eat it up. And I think maybe it fell into that vein, right? Right. Because we had a whole era of creature horror and other, like, weird sci-fi, weird effects, like that type of horror, right? Right. And so I think that if you pay real homage to that type of thing and you have a crazy looking monster, which that's not necessarily the case in this, but, you know, like a monster in a rubber suit that looks all weird. (laughs) Right. But you do that seriously because you're respecting Mm
0: -hmm. something
1: of a bygone era. Mm -hmm. I think they appreciate that. And so I think that's what this fell into. Because it, it, I think it's intentionally kind of outdated, almost, and the okay. way they did the color effects mm-hmm. was very much like watching an '80s horror movie.
0: Yeah, it was like a, it was like a 2020 '80s horror movie. Like it did yes. not feel outdated, but it definitely you knew it was paying homage,
1: right? And that's what I think. Yeah. why some critics like really eat that up,
0: right? Okay, well, that was your good movie that I just <laughs> gave a 52. Um, <laughs> what's next?
1: <laughs> so the next movie, like I said, is Underwater. And uh, as I said before, so this is something that I didn't absolutely did not know until reading a little bit about the movie is that it is also based, uh, at least loosely, on Lovecraftian horror. Mm-hmm. Um, so something I definitely did not know from the trailer or the synopsis, the monsters that you see in the trailer are based on something that's from Lovecraft, like literature. Uh, I don't know anything else about if there are any other connections. It could just be that they run into those things. and. Mm-hmm. It, it's very loose. Right. Right. So. Right.
0: Well, um, I found some drinking rules for this. These are coming from partypingo.com.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> they say that you need underwater and lots of alcohol. Okay. Uh, thank you for giving me this, the shopping list. So we're supposed to drink when the underwater base rumbles. Okay. Text is displayed on the screen. Uh-huh. A jump scare happens, someone says, Nora, and you see the creatures.
1: Okay. That, uh, make, that's, I think that's a perfect amount of rules right there.
0: I think so, too. What? Are we doing a shot in the dark? I, yeah,
1: I say we do. So I think so, too. Do you have an, any in mind that you wanted to do? So,
0: I get really bad with these types of movies because like, I think of really obvious things that are probably going to happen. mm mm-hmm. So, like, my, because I know, like, from the trailer, like, they're in, and from this, obviously, they have, like, some type of underwater base, like, it doesn't look like a submarine, it looks like it's, like, a structure that they are staying in underwater. Yep. I don't know what these creatures look like, but. They're would, in the
1: trailer, they're, like, little, like, gray things with well, sharp teeth.
0: No, don't tell me that, because you're ruining my idea.
1: Uh, but you probably do remember a little okay, bit. Okay, well,
0: I'm imagining them with, um like, like, pointy, like, tentacle-type things that are sharp. And I'm imagining them like puncturing the glass of their underwater base.
1: Uh, that's probably. I mean, isn't the synopsis that they have to escape from one part of the base to another because right? It is... But you don't know why. Mm.
0: You think that's too. When annoying. you're underwater and you
1: have to escape part of a base, it's probably because water's leaking in.
0: Well, I'm not saying uh, of course water's leaking in. I'm saying how is the water leaking in? Like, I think a jump scare is going to be like one of the creatures. Like, sure. Body parts go. going through the glass. Okay, we'll say that. Okay.
1: That that kind of is like the Meg or something. Yeah. Because the Meg is another one where they're underwater, right? Isn't and then, like that, the shark
0: like biting the glass? I
1: think so. <laughs> um, okay, so that's yours. Okay. Mine is a little similar. So mine is that if at any point in time something happens, right, where like their suit is breached or their oxygen mm-hmm. supply is cut off or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And they have to use some sort of means of breathing that is really like, could not work in this situation. Right. Right. That it would not be physically possible. Right. So like the classic is like in a movie where they like flip a boat over, mm-hmm. right? And their right. head is in the part that's like above the water because mm-hmm. they created a vacuum and like they're, mm-hmm. they're breathing the limited auction mm-hmm. uh, even though they're underwater, mm-hmm. right? They have the thing flipped mm-hmm. over and their head's in it. So, that might work when you're in like a pond. Mm-hmm. They're in like the deepest part of the ocean. Right. If they do something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so here's another issue. If they're in the Mariana Trench, the water pressure would be so great that like your bones would just immediately like turn to dust
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you walked outside of a base. Mm-hmm. Right. Like unmanned submarines can barely take the pressure of this water so i don't yeah. know how their bodies are just walking across the ocean floor right.
0: well i will say when i was researching drinking rules um this didn't come from the safe that we ultimately use but one of the things was drink every time um the movie plot and science don't mesh
1: okay well <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about a place that we haven't even been to right like in real life <laughs> right. right i don't know so but that's mine it, okay
0: it's like is a really like nonsensical way of having to share, like, get oxygen that is just, like, not scientifically possible where they're at. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll However
1: go. that is. So it could be, like, they are sucking through a tube right. that is connected to something, right? right? Even though they're, like, you know, um, a thousand, mm-hmm. you know, feet, oh, is way more than that, right. under the water or whatever. So, like, or they turn something upside down and, like, mm-hmm. they have a bucket on their head right. <laughs> to <laughs> breathe or something like that. Mm-hmm. If it's just... A nonsensical way to be able to breathe when they otherwise shouldn't be able to be.
0: Okay. I like it.
1: Because I think breathing is something that would come up in a movie set this far underwater, right? Right. Where something's going to happen you can't breathe. Right. All
0: right. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. And we're back from watching underwater. What did you think?
1: It was a horror movie, kind of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I could call it a horror movie.
1: It was a horror video game movie. <laughs> it yep. was built like a video game uh, with about the amount of depth that the standard video game has in it.
0: It was a horror, period. Yeah. That's,
1: <laughs> no wonder it took so long to get made.
0: Yeah. it's. I don't know. It's like, it's. like There are moments where I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then there are moments where I'm like on the after this movie even get made
1: yeah and it really wasn't that scary
0: it wasn't scary at all
1: no there are some the only horror in it is jump scares for the most part so uh, and those happen every once in a while but it's really not if you're if you're looking for a horror movie that's gonna scare you I wouldn't say that that's that's gonna be the one to do it. it it might if especially if you have like claustrophobia or uh, a fear of being underwater
0: right also if you want any um you know, justification of why these people are in a fucking thing on at the deepest trench of the sea. You're not gonna get that. Right. It like it, it immediately opens with just like things going awry with no backstory on who these people are, why they're there. You get you can use some context clues to figure out that it's all about oil drilling because when is the world not about oil? Mm-hmm. But it just like it jumps right in and then we are talking about well it's really hard to care about what happens to these characters, cuz I don't know I don't even know their names. Like
1: Yeah, you really don't know anything about them because from the beginning I mean, honestly, you don't even learn Kirsten Stewart's name for like half the movie.
0: Um, no, that's the one name we do know. From the very beginning? Yes. It everybody's yelling Nora throughout the entire movie. <laughs> well no, throughout
1: the movie, yeah. But I mean like it takes. There's a no while like for, there's no
0: like, Hey, I'm Nora. Well there's hey, like so and
1: so. Here's something that blows my mind. This movie was delayed for what? Like three years? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. Why? Like, think about it like this. So I I know why. Right. And partially T.J. Miller. uh, And then his whole scandal stuff that that blew up. And then Mm -hmm. they delayed this. And then I guess it blew over. So they released it. But here's my bigger point. Think about this movie. It was, I don't know how long it took to make. And then it took years to come out. This movie has probably two pages of dialogue. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has a mostly unknown cast, mm-hmm. other than Kristen Stewart and T.J. Miller.
0: Yeah. Oh, How and they... uh, your guy. Oh, um, John Gallagher Jr., who I adore.
1: Yeah, he's in it too. But again, so just think about like what went in to make a movie that has barely knows any substance, no backstories, no dialogue, and... You delayed it over T.J. Miller?
0: <laughs> I have a feeling people watch this, and that's why it got delayed.
1: that might be it, too. But, like, what was the point? Like, so, at this point, you could just recast T.J. Miller, and you could probably shoot it in, like, half a day. Because, yeah, I mean, like, again, no dialogue. So, you just have to pretend, like, act. It's all CGI, for the most part, underwater. Yeah. You could probably just CGI over his face, <laughs> do like a Superman's mustache, but with T.J. Right. With Miller's face. <laughs> I I don't really know the point of like, I don't know. It wasn't a very good, uh, well-made movie. Definitely um, not.
0: And we were keyed off very quickly that it was going to be a bad movie. You know why? Slow motion. We have determined that if you use slow motion, you are a bad movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially if you use slow motion now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because there was an
1: era like Matrix uh, 300. 300 is a little bit at the end of the slow-mo period. But there was a point where that was popular and whatever. And then we overdid it. We Mm -hmm. way overdid it. And there are people that have not learned that we've overdone it, like Zack Snyder. Mm -hmm. Zack Snyder... It was popular in 300, so he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to do everything in (laughs) slow-mo. Like, I'm not going to have a single scene in normal speed. Uh, And then that's why you have a, like, six-hour-long Justice League Snyder Cut. Exactly. Because 80% of it is in slow-mo. Right. Do you know how fast that movie would... (laughs) It probably would have been a two-hour movie (laughs) if you didn't have slow-mo. Probably. But at least this is in, like, it's more Matrix-ish, where it's, like, scenes in slow-mo, not the whole movie in slow-mo, like like the Justice League, but it's still the sign of a bad movie, especially if you just use it to create like a dramatic effect for really no purpose.
0: Right. I will say the one thing that I did appreciate appreciate about this movie that I brought up whenever we were watching it is like, they're kind of like, they're basically just trying to find a way to survive this. And so like, obviously this base that they're in has a bunch of different parts and stations all throughout the trench and so their station is destroyed and so they're like trying to like go to other places to either find escape pods to get out to the surface or make some type of contact anything like that so like it's constantly the story of them having to go out and underwater Mm -hmm. and then go and then make it into like try to make it into a station or something that I appreciated because I had no interest in watching these people in spacesuits underwater try to communicate the entire time.
1: Yeah, they were in kind of robot type suits right. uh, throughout any time that they were actually walking. The other problem that I had with this is that they go and they finally find the captain and then they come up with a, just a simple plan of like, how can we find escape pods or something? Mm-hmm. And he, he says, well, we're going to take the elevator down to the ocean floor. We're going to walk across the ocean floor and we're going to go to this place. Like, I swear that nine different times they hit the ocean floor and they find a way to go further down and hit hit another ocean floor. I swear, yeah. Because no matter how deep they went, there's always an elevator they can be on that will fall and Mm -hmm. take them even Mm -hmm. further down. Right, you're so right. Every single time. You're on the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the deepest part of the ocean. There isn't anywhere else to fall. You fell. You fell all the way. Right. (laughs) You hit the ground. There is nothing else. Uh, But they always find a way that they can have one more drastic, like, thousand-foot fall.
0: Yeah, and I mean, really, I'm so glad that in the 11th hour we added the drinking rule for science and the plot not really meshing because, man, that was a whole damn movie.
1: Yeah, the whole thing is really bizarre physics that doesn't make any sort of sense. The the fact that, again, I I might have brought this up uh, as we were introducing the movie, but these people walk across the bottom of the ocean under pressure that nothing in real life has ever managed to survive right Mm -hmm. so like even our submarines currently cannot go to the bottom Mm -hmm. of the mariana trench it can go pretty far but that's like an unmanned submarine right Mm -hmm. and even that can barely withstand the pressure
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so for them to just be wearing like these robot suits i mean like their whole bodies would just get immediately crushed
0: not in this movie And the pressure
1: would make it so hard to move. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just, like, jogging along and, like, as if nothing's wrong. Also, I mean, I I know it's a movie that and you have to be able to see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But surprisingly lit (laughs) (laughs) at the darkest part that we know of. It's probably, like, the darkest place on Earth, right? Mm -hmm. Other than maybe, like, some caves are as Mm -hmm. dark. I don't know. I mean, no light. Absolutely no light. (laughs) So the only light is from their little, like, flashlights on their suit. And that's enough to see pretty much the whole group. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Uh, A lot of things that they do.
0: One of the things, so we talked about how they keep going out into the water and coming back in. And, of course, all the things that they're in or are constantly getting destroyed. I have to say, I would like to talk to the person who was doing uh, Kristen Stewart's makeup for the movie because no matter how drenched in water she was, she always had the perfect smoky eye.
1: Yeah. And every time she takes off that suit, she has got to be in her underwear.
0: Uh, absolutely. It, it was like, it's like the weirdest thing because like Kristen Stewart's not necessarily, necessarily someone who I find to be like hypersexualized or like that people are fawning it over. And oh my God, we had to see her in our underwear so many times.
1: Yeah. Like all the time. Like every time. Like it, it was very
0: gratuitous. And I was like, why? Like what? What is the point of this?
1: I honestly don't even know. In half the time, it's like, oh, no, her clothes got ripped off. I don't even know if they were ripped off. It's like she was in a robot suit, like the most covering thing you could be in. And then somehow she takes that off and she's in her underwear. It's not like that's what she was wearing under there.
0: I guess they had to take off their clothes to get in the robot suit. And she's the only one who got out of the robot suit.
1: I don't think so. Um, I thought they wore like special like rubber suits to go into the robot suit. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, you know who wasn't in their underwear? Scandinavian uh, Matthew Lillard.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So the guy, I don't even know the actor's name, but there's a the guy who plays the captain and this. And oh, my God, he looks identical. He looks like an older Scandinavian Matthew Lillard who mm-hmm. is like, you know, like in Good Girls and uh, all this stuff from the 90s, like Scream and whatnot. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo.
1: Yes, yeah, Shaggy. I will say he looks like an older version of 90s Matthew Lillard. Because yeah, <laughs> I mean, now Matthew Lillard, Lillard is older Right. And uh, he so he looks like if you aged right. <laughs> younger Matthew Lillard in a different trajectory. I
0: mean, there's multiple times where I'm like, is this Matthew Lillard? But it wasn't.
1: Yeah, I didn't know who that guy was.
0: How do we feel about this movie in terms of drinkability?
1: It wasn't the best movie to drink to, but a lot of the rules did work.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's multiple times where I was just yelling, drink! And I don't know if it was because I was following rules or because I was trying to get through the movie.
1: Right. No, I mean... It's enjoyable to drink to, kind of. I, I I, wouldn't say it was one of the best movies to drink yeah. to. It was a little too serious. And if you're going to have, like, a serious-ish movie, that should probably be your good movie.
0: Right. <laughs> uh,
1: or it should be serious but unintentionally funny. And mm-hmm. this wasn't really unintentionally
0: funny. Yeah, this was just like, why did this get made? Yeah. Yeah. It
1: was more that type of bad movie.
0: So then what are you going to rate it?
1: Honestly, so... I thought about this throughout it. So, it's like, it's not like a terrible movie. It doesn't really have a storyline uh, other than you have to get from one base to another base and that's it. Mm-hmm. No backstory, no connections, no relationships, no anything. No lore, no like, <laughs> no explanation of what's right. happening or why. For those reasons, I think I would give it like a 40. A 40. Yeah, which is worse than I gave Color Out of Space.
0: Yeah, that's I kind of think it's kind of unbelievably high. (laughs) Really? A 40? Yeah.
1: Well, no, because I think that like there are worse movies where you don't like sitting through them, right? Right. I could have paid money like $8 or $10 to go see this in the theater and I wouldn't be like I wouldn't walk out on it. Right. Right. It's a horror movie.
0: If we didn't walk out on Ghost Story, though, would we walk out on anything? I don't know. I guess (laughs) I think it's just called Ghost. We always call it Ghost Story. No, I think, I think it is. is I, it I this, can't remember. The Casey Affleck. Yeah. In, yeah. A lot
1: of people haven't seen it.
0: Don't. Yeah. Anyways, that is that is like my my baseline for if I'm going to continue a movie or not.
1: Yeah, well, that's for a very specific reason. <laughs> there wasn't anything that lasts a long time in this that you have to sit through. But what was your rating for Underwater?
0: I'm, I'm going to be a 21. That's really low. Yeah. I mean, there was really like. Nothing about it that I really, like, enjoyed.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I guess I could have given it a little bit lower.
0: Like, I'm not into, like, these kind of... Uh, these Lovecraftian, like, weird-looking creatures being the the nemesis. Like, that's just not really, like, my thing. So, if, it, if that's what I'm going to watch, I want a really good story along with it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just didn't really get that.
1: I will say, in terms of the pairing, I really knocked it out of the park with Lovecraftian. For sure. For sure. Uh, and I, that's a lot of people nobody even... The people who had heard about Underwater, they didn't know that about Underwater, that there's Lovecraftian stuff in it. So, I mean, that is something. I think that if they're going to go that far with Lovecraft, they should have had some sort of lore, right? Mm Because like the people who like Lovecraftian horror, it's because there's a lot of lore behind it. Right. So, you like learn about all sorts of like occult stuff and like in the stories, it talks about like you know just like there's a history that goes with it right and they could have easily made this in a different way where there's a reason for these Mm -hmm. creatures to be out there right and even if not they should have started on the surface Mm -hmm. right and they should have had a reason they should have Mm -hmm. been like so here's me writing this movie (laughs) (laughs) right like you could do it so many ways you could say, like, we're going to go down to drill, but actually the person sending you down has their own reason because they're into the occult mm-hmm. and they have an, a suspicion of something being down there for whatever reason that you get into that you actually discuss and mm-hmm. talk about. Right. And so they, you think that you're on a drilling mission and then you get out there and you're like, oh, my God, what is all this? Because even in the intro credits, they show like all these stories about like mysterious things mm-hmm. happening on the ocean floor. And like at no point do they discuss what Happened in the past that was mysterious. Like it's just a standard drilling operation, as far as I can tell. Then, mm-hmm. then the weird stuff that happens is just unexplainable. But I feel like tie in some sort of history, some sort of like I mean, Lovecraftian stuff has like a thousand gods, and like semi like god like creatures and monsters and rituals and all these things. Like tie some of that in, right? Right? I mean, like it just it had no aspect of horror other than jump scares right so i don't know yeah
0: well that was our lovecraftian night yeah and i'm i'm not mad about it i mean we got nick cage and kill outer space and that's like just everything i wanted right so um next movie night was supposed to be us pairing something together the two of us i have to say that since we have launched this podcast my favorite thing is our friends Or people we haven't talked to in a really long time or just people we run into or just strangers on Instagram DMing us, um, telling us their ideas for movie pairings.
1: Yep. We've gotten a lot. People are surprisingly interested in sharing their movie pairings.
0: (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. It really
1: is fun. And that's why I think why we got so big into doing this because you can, I mean, I have a list of like 100 movie pairings that I could do.
0: Exactly. So... We were out and about this week and we ran into a friend that I haven't seen in over a year and a half. And she instantly was like, you need to do this movie pairing. Yep. And I was like, hey, Sean, we should make this our first like listener movie yep. pairing. And so she recommended um, the movie Eighth Grade, which was written and directed by Bo Burnham, yep. who Sean is having a huge moment with right now. So this is really speaking to him. As is a whole subculture <laughs> of the U.S.
1: It's like all over for a specific niche group.
0: Yeah, um, and then we were discussing it with her because we were like, "Well, what would you do like your bad movie?" And she was like, "Uh, like Seventeen again, the movie of Zac Efron and Matthew Perry, <laughs> where Zac Efron plays a seventeen-year-old version of Matthew Perry with some like Freaky Friday shit going on." And we're huge uh, Zac Efron fans. Exactly. So uh, that's how I this think whole thing, great. thing got started. So our friend Meg, thanks for recommending this. We're really excited to be able to do our first listener pairing.
1: Yeah, and that's a good pairing too.
0: I completely agree. I
1: really liked Eighth Grade. I thought it was really great.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. We haven't watched it since we saw it in theaters together, so.
1: Yeah, and that was a few years ago now. Yeah.
0: Have you ever seen Seventeen Again?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so.
0: I saw it in theaters whenever it came out, so I'm excited to watch that one, too. I, rem-
1: I remember the poster.
0: hmm yep. <laughs>
1: Is Seventeen Again a Freaky Friday situation?
0: No, I think it's, it's literally some type of, like, Freaky Friday-type magic and Matthew Perry- Something happens to him where, like, he needs to remember to be young again and, like, all of a sudden turns into 17 or something like that. I might be wrong. I'm just trying to remember. Very similar to, like, that uh, um, that little-ish or little movie that we watched.
1: I don't remember that one. With
0: Issa Rae and... um, the girl that's in oh, black yeah, yeah. who like, uh-huh. I think, like she, it was her idea for the movie.
1: Right, so it's just not body swapping. It's it's you just got younger.
0: I think so. Yeah. I don't really remember. So we'll find out. So next is movie the night.
1: premise that Matthew Perry, that's who you said, right, mm-hmm. is going to become Zac Efron? Like he's going to yeah. wake up as Zac-, Zac Efron. Right. So they thought that Matthew Perry, as a as a teenager, <laughs> looked like Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're just really excited to get Zac Efron during his High School Musical
1: okay face because <laughs> i mean like i understand that he was popular and like he's an okay actor and whatever now he's a great actor but you know at the time high school musical he was he was fine <laughs> but um not necessarily great casting as as young matthew right. uh, perry but did
0: you just call zach afron a great actor right now
1: uh, you know what I'm thinking of Robert Pattinson.
0: Okay, I was like, I was like, what has he like? I I thoroughly enjoy Zac Efron. I'll watch well, any Zac Efron movie. We had
1: this discussion because he was in The Greatest Showman.
0: Yes, and that's, you were that's saying we're that he about. was great. Yeah, oh, yeah, I do. The you song. specifically
1: said <laughs> that um, his character in High School Musical had to walk so that his character in Greatest Showman could run. <laughs> that so. Sounds
0: like something I would say. Yeah,
1: so. He definitely has gotten better.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree he, that.
1: Maybe not the trans- transformation that I mean, Robert, I don't think he's... Robert Pattinson
0: had. Right, yeah.
1: Um, but he's definitely better than High School Musical Days. Yeah,
0: I agree. So this movie, though, is during the High School Musical Days. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch it, both of them.
1: Yeah, I I vaguely remember it because I think in the poster he had like a backpack on and like, but they're back to back, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah.
0: I remember like the color red being really prominent in the I think poster. the
1: backpack was red. Yeah. I don't know why those things stick with me. I don't know. I remember that. It's like Shaggy Dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was around the same time, too. But that... Wasn't that uh, Tim Allen that was in Shaggy Dog?
0: Well, there was an older Shaggy Dog, and I guess they did a remake, maybe, of Tim Allen.
1: Isn't that the same situation where he, like, wakes
0: up as a dog? I'm sure. Wait. Remember whenever I sent you a thing on TikTok this week about... I think it's from the original Shaggy Dog movie. Oh yeah! Whenever
1: <laughs> when they said this dog does his, did his own acting. <laughs> yes, I have to post that on our Instagram. It's so funny. <laughs> it was basically a man in a dog suit doing all the acting. It was this dog. so funny.
0: <laughs> he was doing all of his own stunts.
1: Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um. Anyways, maybe that's why Shaggy Dog came to mind. Maybe. Was,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're really excited to do our first listener pairing next week. If you have pairings that you think that we should consider. Um, you know the drill good and bad movie and a way to pair them together
1: yeah you Um, can comment it on uh, the instagram or you can just send it to us directly
0: yeah so until next week
1: yeah